Welcome to Adventures in Evaluation. I'm James Coyle. And I'm Kylie Hutchinson. So, uh, Kylie, uh, do you want to tell us a bit about yourself? Well, yeah, just briefly. I, so I'm an evaluator with uh, about 20 or more years of experience, and I'm an independent consultant uh, in evaluation, and also I do a lot of evaluation training. And you, James? Uh, so I'm an internal evaluator in a large uh, health organization. Uh, I've been doing it for about uh, lucky number 13 years or so. So, Kylie, we have a special guest today. We do, James. We have Jean King. So last June, I was at the AEA Summer Evaluation Institute at CDC, and I was fortunate enough to catch the tail end of Jean's keynote uh, speech on credentialing evaluators from the American perspective, and I found it really interesting. And so I uh, invited her to see if she would like to talk about it today, and uh, she is here. So shall we go bring Jean in? That'd be great. Thanks very much, Jean, for coming. You're welcome. Virtually. And so did you want to just introduce yourself briefly for the people that aren't familiar with you and your work? Uh, happy to, yes. I uh, have been involved with evaluation since the late 70s. I'm that old uh, <laughs> and have watched the field evolve all that time. I uh, started as a junior high school English teacher and then got my degree in curriculum uh, moved to New Orleans, Louisiana for a decade where I was all of secondary education at Tulane University, um, but was fortunate to work with Ellen Peckman, Dr. Ellen Peckman at Orleans Parish Schools, who she was the head of research and evaluation. And so um, that connected in evaluation. And then when I moved upriver, literally up the Mississippi River to Minnesota, uh, continued doing evaluation work and um, I stopped fighting it. I always wanted to go back to curriculum, um, but I stopped fighting, and I've accepted that evaluation is my life, and um, have been very fortunate to be in a place, Minnesota is an amazing community of evaluators uh, that include uh, Wayne Welch, who was the one who established the program here at the University of Minnesota, uh, but then also Dick Kruger and Michael Patton over the years. So it's a, it's a fertile place to be, lots of good thinking. Oh, that's wonderful. So, as I said earlier on the podcast, I, I was um, really thrilled to see you giving the keynote in Atlanta at the Summer Evaluation Institute. And, you know, you were talking about a, a topic that's very near and dear to my heart as a credentialed evaluator here in Canada. And, um, you know, I, I thought you had, had raised some really interesting points. So I'm wondering for our listeners if you could, you know, just give us kind of your perspective on the whole area of credentialing evaluators from, from the U.S. perspective. Well, I have to say I, I've thought hard about this because the U.S. perspective is very different given our, um, you know, the way we're structured with 50 states and a lot of state responsibility uh, for things like credentialing, if we were going to go to a licensure model, which, of course, I don't think we will. Um, but, you know, my, my point in the keynote is that many people call evaluation a profession, and we really are not um, because we don't have a way um, to, to note that people have certain skills or even certain trainings. Canada now does this, of course, but in the U.S. we don't. Um, and as a result, we also have no way to keep anybody, um, you know, who doesn't have the skills from doing the practice. Um, is this an issue? I suppose that's an empirical question. Um, you always hear about the, the potential nightmares, and I imagine there are some charlatans out and about doing 
bad things in the name of evaluation. Um, but that's the point I was making was I think it's time. Uh, we're old enough, we've been around long enough that it's time for us in the United States to think about what does it mean to move purposefully towards a more professional status, mm -hmm. uh, either through credentialing of some sort, as our Canadian friends have done. Thank you for doing that. Um, or through um, program accreditation, which is something that we um, also don't have. What do you see as the difference between credentialing versus licensure? Licensure typically would be a state uh, agency that would be, um, you know, administering some sort of uh, test or uh, strict assessment. You know, I always think of teacher licensure. Um, in the U.S., at least in Minnesota, they have to take a, a, you know, not only do they go through an accredited program with a very strict series of courses, uh, coursework, but then they have, actually have to take a test uh, and, and pass that test before they get a license. They also have to do, it's not for your lifetime, uh, you know, you have to keep doing um, updates. So that would be licensure, whereas credentialing is, is more informal, even though it's a step towards the formal. Um, it's oftentimes a professional association, you know, as you, Canadian Evaluation Society stepped up to that very huge challenge. In our case, the American Evaluation Association decided not to do this a decade ago. Um, and so it's, it's a different level of, um, of um, commitment on the part of the government. Do you see any benefits in, in revisiting this issue and looking at it again? Well, I do, again, because the Canadians, you all have, have uh, set the standard. Uh, you've demonstrated that the system can be put in place, that there are competencies that people can agree on, even though, you know, we understand that evaluation practice is quite diverse, but, you know, there are competencies that people can agree on. There are ways to um, document experiences. I know both you and James have done that, you know, gone through the process, so, so you, I should say process, sorry, <laughs> uh, so you understand how to, um, how to um, you know, have a record of what you've done and how to reflect on your practice, so it, so it is doable. Um, and that's, now that we have that, uh, it's, it's exciting because it says, at least to my mind, to people in the United States, don't we want to have a similar um, thing in place for our, for our evaluators? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I know that um, there's been a, a, a bit of a heated debate on eval talk over the last two weeks. I don't know if you've been following that. Not entirely, but yes, it's unavoidable because there were some very long posts about it. And so, what are your thoughts on some of the some of the arguments, the, some of the the cons against it, then the pros and the cons? It seems to me that any system you put in place will have people who don't like it. I mean, that's true of teacher teacher licensure too. Um, and so the idea that we're somehow going to keep out qualified people, you know, but, you know, you all handled it by having the grandfathering or grandmothering process so that people who, who had the credentials, you know, who had been practicing for a very long period of time were allowed to, to, um, to get the uh, CE designation, which seems totally appropriate to me. So to my mind, that kind of handles that. Um, but the larger question of does this kind of credential um, demonstrate competence, uh, I think, is one that's, that's um, fraught with peril because, you know, the, I don't think the CES would say a credentialed evaluator guarantees high-quality practice, you know, it guarantees that you've gone through certain reflections and that you can document uh, certain coursework and experiences. 
Um, but the bigger question, you know, in the comparisons people make to um, medicine or nursing, where, where literally lives are at stake. Now, I understand that lives are at stake uh, in many evaluations, um, but it's not the immediacy. You know, so I, I think, mm-hmm. and part of the discussion on eval talk that's been helpful is, you know, starting to think about, well, let's look at other professions. The one post about the woman who had a nursing credential and also a physical fitness trainer credential. You know, the one was very rigorous and formal and, you know, meaningful to her, and apparently the other one is just, um, you know, it's not. Um, and I think it would be helpful to, to look at what has happened in other professions or practices to, to see what we can learn. Mm-hmm. It be a helpful step. So then how, how closely would you see the CES model working in the States? Well, you know, the, the answer to every evaluation question is it depends. Um, it depends on what we're, what problem we're trying to solve or what, what we're trying to do. Um, it seems to me that the CES model, and, and I have to celebrate uh, my Canadian colleagues who, who literally volunteered hours, uh, countless hours, to make that happen. Um, I was listening to your podcast about the CES system, and I hope you appreciate that it was this group of people who just stepped up and said, we will do this. Uh, and they lost nights and weekends, and they traveled, and they, I mean, just um, really a huge commitment professionally for, for volunteer, primarily volunteer, uh, which I think is amazing. I think you're right, Jean. Um, I think those people haven't uh, really got the recognition, or we could do, probably do a lot more to, to recognize those efforts for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and they did it, I think, in part, Heather Buchanan and I were laughing because I, having watched it from afar and, you know, touched base uh, annually at at conferences, um, I remembered very distinctly that Heather early on said, well, the Treasury Board uh, was pushing this. You know, the Treasury Board said either you do it, CES, or we're going to do it. You know, we'll hire some people and they'll develop this system. Uh, And that was the motivation for CES to say, oh, my goodness, we really better do it. And so there was time pressure and and hence the, the willingness to do all of this uh, volunteer work at great personal cost. I, I just can't imagine how, how people did it, but they did. Um, anyway, we were, last time I saw Heather, we were talking, and she said, oh, I'd forgotten about that. Oh, <laughs> it reminds me of, like, childbirth or something, right? And yeah, the pain pain's so great. <laughs> but, you know, my point was to her that in the U.S., we don't have, at the moment, uh, a federal agency pushing us. If a federal agency said, yeah, oh, yes, now we're going to, um, we need some system to credential evaluators, I have a feeling the American Evaluation Association would be much more interested in it. Um, but absent that, I'm not sure, I'm not sure that it will. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So what do you think is the next step then in this debate? Where is it going? I do think the AEA board um, will unavoidably have to take this on. Um, as, as you noted, there's, there's enough um, interest. People, the Eval Talk um, discussion this week is, is a good indicator of that, that people are starting to talk about it. Um, and not just here, but um, New Zealand, you know, one person was writing about that, and the Europeans are looking at something. And um, I know Donna Potoms in South Africa uh, was hired by the one of the ministries, the national ministries, to to look at um, 
competencies and to think about you know what system might work there. So so I think there is uh, the time is right for some kind of conversation. Um, but I just wonder where the leadership will come from um, and where the motivation, where the push, and, and what are the perceived benefits? Um, because the, you know, in, in Canada, if government agencies start requiring uh, CE evaluators or, you know, credentialed evaluators, don't you think that would push it much more uh, towards, you know, people would start saying, oh, I really do need to do this. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and absent that, it's a now in my mind the fact that I think there's over a hundred now. That's probably up to 150 by now, um, credentialed evaluators, which I think is amazing. But other people say, oh no, it's a glass half empty. That that's not very many. You know, we put this whole system in place, and it's only that number of people. You know, it's really not. It's really not catching on. So I. How do you decide? That's an evaluation question, isn't it? Well, yeah, it made me think that uh, I'm sure if uh, if I was on the committee of the AEA tasked with this, one of the first things we would do is evaluate the experience of the of the Canadian model. But you know, when you talk about the glass being half empty, James and I were um, saying there's actually 137. Uh, who have people who have done it, and when I talk with fellow Canadian evaluators, it, it's it's not that they they don't intend to do it. I've never I've never actually heard anybody complain about it. It's more just finding the time. Uh, I, everybody I've talked to generally thinks it's a great idea and and wants to do it. I've never even heard anybody complain about the money involved. It just seems to be one of these things that hangs over people's heads in terms of having to find the time to do it. So interesting. So well, that's that's heartening. Mm. Because that speaks to the, the professionalism of, of your colleagues uh, who recognize that. So any last words that uh, you want to make around this whole credentialing thing? And, and, and you know, are you, are, are you going to be the leadership that's going to take? Are you going to be the champion for this in the States? Well, I, I laugh as you ask me that because I'm really tired. It's the first two weeks of classes. And it's, <laughs> it's just been a really tough time. Um, so... Uh, not this week. I'm pretty <laughs> sure I'm not doing it this week. And I have to say that one of the one of the real questions for me is, what will the field genuinely benefit once these um, these um, credentials are in place? I, I think that evaluators benefit. I'm a teacher, you know, so of course to have people reflecting on their practice, that's great. You, uh, how could you go wrong there if it's thoughtful reflection, if it really does feed into your professional development and, uh, you know, your practice will improve. That's great. And I certainly I try to do that all, every time I teach a workshop or I teach a class. Um, but the larger question of does that then improve the field's practice, you know, generally, um, think of how many people we really need to get to um, to have – some impact. I know that's an empirical question, but I, I'm not sure how one would would go about it. Um, so I, I'm struggling. I'm struggling with that. Uh, I also wonder if doing uh, trying to light or certify evaluators or credential evaluators, as opposed to working on training programs, it might be easier to think about credentialing training programs because if you knew. Um, and I know, again, the Canadians are taking the lead with the, you know, the consortium of universities that are actually, you know, being very systematic about the content that will be offered and all over the country where it will be offered and available to people. Um, and maybe it would be easier to to 
credit that, you know, the training programs or the degree programs, um, because then over time you'd be building a cadre of skilled people who, you know, had certain competencies that you could, there's no guarantees in life, in fact, is the old joke, um, but who who at least had had experiences and had um, had thought about specific content or skills or practiced them even. Yeah, that's that's a that's a really good point, and and we have seen the uh, not only are these universities talking more together about their these evaluation programs now, but there, there's more of them as well. We've seen them in the last two years that are these certificates, these graduate uh, you know diplomas. They're they're starting to pop up. But when you talk about will the field actually benefit, you know, I think there's the on the one hand we we have to educate evaluators on how this is a benefit and how they can go about doing this, but then we also need to be kind of simultaneously working on the evaluation consumer so that they know that there's this distinction out there and and there's this kind of level of quality that they should be looking for. That's a really good point. And and where do we intersect with those folks? Um, You know, if you think practically, how could you do that? See, and I guess that's where the credentialed evaluators, you all, won't you put that on your business cards? And when you're, you know, um, meeting with, potential clients you'll certainly be emphasizing that oh yeah yeah definitely but the you know it it, it really is with only 137 of us yeah there's uh you know it's 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 taking it's taking a while it's definitely not something that happens in a year or so yeah yeah well definitely more fodder for eval talk and for uh networking and upcoming conferences and everything so well gina i really i really want to thank you for your time and and for your insight into this and um I guess we'll just have to kind of follow this along and see what happens. Maybe we'll have you back in a year or two and and have an update on what's new. Uh huh. <laughs> well, fingers crossed. I know the the conference is in uh, my town, it's in Minneapolis uh, next month, and so I I hope they'll, that there'll be a lot of discussion around this. I know um, the Canadian group is presenting. Um, and it'll be it, it's been so fun every year to see the progress the progress the progress and so it'll be um, great to hear what's going on and as you say um, perhaps the Americans will will uh, follow suit so thanks very much Jean that was great and um, hopefully we'll see you again thank you my pleasure so Kylie that was a, a good interview with Jean what, what did you think yeah I thought it was really interesting to get her perspective I um I really like that point she made about uh, maybe not focusing on the individual evaluator, but focusing on the actual academic programs and making sure that they're up to snuff. Uh, yeah, I don't know. What did you think? I thought the interview was good. I, I guess, uh, you know, Jean is a, a seasoned evaluator. She's well-respected. As she said, she's been in the field for quite a while. I thought it was very generous of her to um, you know, uh, compliment the Canadian uh, evaluators who took on the initiative as much as they did. It sounds like uh, uh, from the EAA conversations, and, and you and Jean talked a bit about this, that it's really, there's a real heated debate. And there's a lot of uh, people that are interested in the process of uh, credentialing and licensure, but by no means is that actually going to uh, be the only uh, game in town when you have to hire someone. Or you want to select someone for a job. And I think most of us who have gone through the process uh, expected that. We, we never really thought, okay, I've got my CE. Uh, I should uh, easily get hired. Or someone has a CE and therefore I should hire them. There are a whole bunch of other criteria, experiences that we each have to take into account 
um, throughout uh, the process of hiring, selection, matching the right evaluators to the programs, wouldn't you say? Yeah, it also makes me wonder if, you know, those kind of um, negatives about the process that in Canada we knew those and just decided to forge ahead. And, you know, we might find that 10 years later from now, the States has gone down that path and, and uh, you know, it, it just really remains to be seen. But but it is interesting that in Canada, we have a very large federal government that was a big driver of it where that doesn't exist in the States. Yeah, I do find it funny, though, um, where you've got uh, people that often um, feel like we've forged ahead, where in my mind, it it still was working at a snail's pace. Yeah, that's true. That's so, true. anyway... Yeah, it's like the hard work was done, much of the hard work was done, was getting it up and running. And now we're trying to get people to actually do it. But the next step is really to see where's the value. You know, we really need to get the value out of it. So, yeah, I'm sure we'll, I'm sure we'll be discussing this again. We will. So, Kylie, that was a good interview. And uh, thanks for talking with Jean. And uh, I guess until next time, uh, do you want to fill people in on how they can get a hold of us? Yeah, absolutely. So you can just go to our website, adventuresinevaluation.podbean, as in the vegetable, dot com. Uh, we can, you can also subscribe via iTunes as well. And if you need to send us a private message, just do adventuresinevaluationpodcast at gmail.com. And just a little note, if you like what you hear, then leave us a comment. If you don't like what you hear, then leave us a comment. Or if you would like to hear something different, then please leave us a comment. Until then, goodbye, James. Goodbye, Kylie. (laughs) 